You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. We're going to get some biblical wisdom right now. Janice Capucci is an ACBC certified biblical counselor, and she's joining us now to talk about some difficult people. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. That is the struggle that you just described that we have this month in particular. Now, Janice, we're going to need a group rate in our family. Do you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Let's discuss that. Group rate. Okay, I was just checking. (laughs) Hey, seriously, though, um, because it's not just every family has difficult people. And I'm sitting here smiling because I'm, I'm guessing that there have got to be so many people in our listening family right now who are mentally picturing people, just like Steve said, stop and think of, of that difficult person in your family. And I bet a lot of people are doing that. And I bet there are people in my family who, if they were asked the same question, I'm their difficult person. Honestly, yeah. it goes both ways. But the point is, it's December. Christmas is going to be here shortly. We're all going to be getting together with family, and that's going to create anxiety because we are going to be spending time with difficult people, and just even anticipating those times can be frustrating to us because we've got memories of difficult issues from the past, and it stirs up some hard emotions. So we really don't know how to deal with those things sometimes in a godly way, and we know we need to because we're Christians. We know what the Bible says. We know we need to behave ourselves, and that's uh, that's a struggle, Janice. Uh, it is a struggle, and, you know, the hard part about it is it starts with us. Dealing with uh, difficult people starts with us. It does. So how do we prepare for those interactions in a way that will please God, we've got to, we can't just do what we want to do, really, truly. Right. Uh, so the, the difficult thing is that we, we often are dealing with, uh, we, we have these memories and we're, we're dealing with an injustice, right? We feel like there has been an injustice here. And we, we just need to figure out how to deal with that. So we want to look at Matthew 7 and start where Jesus starts, uh, where he said, do not judge or you too will be judged. Well, hang on a second, because usually people throw that term around a little bit too righteously, right? Uh, And Uh and it's really to call out other people on their behavior. That's really not what Jesus intends, though, right? (laughs) Right. So uh, I'm thinking about Ken Sandy, who wrote The Peacemaker, and I like what he says about it. He says, Jesus is warning us, about our inclination to look for others' faults and without valid and sufficient reason form unfavorable opinions of their qualities, words, actions, or motives. Mm -hmm. He says in simple terms, it means assuming the worst in others. Yeah, but that's that's everywhere, whether it's in politics or in our family. It's really just a way to demonize other people, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm, for sure. And, you know, we see that in our own deceitful hearts, too. We think about our motives to be good and pure, but automatically suspect or claim to know that others are acting out of malice or selfishness. Oh, man, we have all kinds of thoughts about how we think others are behaving, and it can be pretty awful sometimes, but... We have to also look at ourselves and how we are behaving, and we've got to confess to God that we are not perfect. So, 
Uh, Janice, we've got to choose one or the other, self-righteousness or the cross. Mm-hmm. We've got to mm-hmm. figure out which direction we're going to go when we're dealing with people. Mm-hmm. Kelly, I need the cross. My sins are pretty bad. Yeah, I'm <laughs> pretty sure I need the cross, too. Yeah. You know, I can't cling to the cross if I'm clinging to claims of moral superiority. Mm. Ooh, that's heavy. <laughs> Yeah. So let's apply these things to a fictional case, okay? So let's imagine a teenage girl named Amy who has noticed a pattern in her family that her parents give much more praise, attention, and resources to her twin brothers. So she sees this over the years, and she's convinced herself that her parents just like boys better. And it hurt her deeply because she worked hard to please them. And by anyone's standards, she was doing really well. And we can imagine her thinking, I can't tell my parents it's unfair. They'll just say I'm jealous. So year after year, the feelings of resentment festered. And it all came to a head one morning when the boys, the boys, each received new guitars, even though she was far more disciplined When her parents noticed her demeanor that day, they asked what was going on. And it all came spilling out in a mess of accusations and pain. And immediately her parents realized how this all came to be. The twins, you see, were born prematurely and they had significant deficits. And helping them catch up required constant strategizing. And one day they thought, Amy's so gifted at music so much better than the boys. Maybe if we give them new guitars, that will encourage them. From Amy's perspective, as you can imagine, all she could see was that it didn't pay to try hard. (laughs) You know, she felt like smashing those guitars to smithereens. What a mess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So such a mess, but God, remember those two powerful words, but God, He's a redeeming God who gave us Matthew 7. Now, Amy's parents have a choice in how they can handle this. What if they applied Matthew 7? When they heard what Amy was thinking and feeling, they initially were tempted to cling to their good intentions. They felt unjustly accused, and it even crossed their minds to tell Amy she was being immature and selfish. But they quickly realized that was pride and self-righteousness at work. And they said to each other, you know, being defensive won't help us. And playing the victim won't bring healing or restoration. And in their minds, they heard over and over this reminder, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So imagine that evening after spending a few hours in the scriptures and in prayer, Amy's father said, honey, I think our good motives were overshadowed by a lack of wisdom. I think our strategy for how to help the boys is flawed. And nodding her mom said, you know, we haven't affirmed Amy nearly enough for her diligence. And, you know, evidently, we haven't created a culture of being receptive or approachable. So the next day, 
They thanked Amy for being honest. They acknowledged their shortcomings and shared with her how they might make some corrections in their parenting. So, Stephen Kelly, what, what do you think? What kind of impact do you think that had on a young person or any person? I think that had to completely shock Amy. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been floored. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, of course, you know, she thought, you know, could it be I've assumed the worst about their motives? And the thought brought to mind several recent incidents, one after another, when her classmates had assumed the worst about her. She remembered crying out in prayer, God, why is this happening? Now she knew. God was showing her the truth of Matthew 7, 2. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So what do you think Amy (laughs) wrote in her journal when that came to her mind? Wow. That is incredible. I mean, wow. Yeah. You know, I I can imagine her writing, I'm sure, I was so sure that they had loved me less. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, to write, but God, being on the receiving end, the receiving Mm -hmm. end of misjudgments, that sure opened my eyes. That is so helpful to see what applying that passage might look like. I never really thought about what it actually would look like. Right. And so just that one thing of realizing that she had assumed the worst, you know, she she felt her heart softening. She, you know, saw how her parents took the log out of their own eye. She saw pride in herself that she needed to mourn over. And then here's what the Spirit did. We can imagine this happening, that he he caused her, he moved in her heart to want to coach and encourage her brothers with their music. And then she felt the joy of, uh, of doing that. And she saw them learning and she saw them enjoying practice. And she saw how God totally redeemed that Christmas experience. And she was really grateful. That is just incredible. Janice, talk a little bit too about, if you would, just in terms of uh, Matthew 7, about Jesus's heart of compassion here. Mm, I just love it. So we can see that Jesus clearly wants to protect his beloved from the pain that comes from assuming that people are trying to hurt us. Also, he wants to protect us from that awful frustration of, of being judged. You know, if necessary, he will allow us to reap what we sow. And we don't like that. <laughs> so why even go there? You know, these are both terrible things that come from assuming the worst about others. And he would spare us that. So we can see Jesus' heart of compassion here, right? You know, his desire to see our relationships flourish. And I want to see that more and more. So I've propped a note by my kitchen sink that says, you know, little child, so beloved by God, when your heart is troubled, aim to make a charitable judgment. It is the path to peace. 
You know, as as helpful as that is, I think that just doing that one thing, right, that does change everything. But the big challenge and the problem, though, is that we have we're we're repetitious people, right? We mm-hmm. have patterns that we have just repeated over time. They become very ingrained. So, how do you counsel people mm-hmm. about getting out of those ingrained patterns so that we're not reacting the same way we always have? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So here's a simple but effective strategy I recommend. Just take a notebook, fold the paper lengthwise so there's a left column and a right column, and then in the left side, write out the passage that you want to transform you. And then in the right column, write out a prayerful response. I prayerfully would write something along these lines. Lord, I've been offended and angry because, because I've assumed the worst about them. And then I would, you know, recognize, God, you're so long-suffering with me. Mm -hmm. And if I've misjudged them, help me see. Help me see that and make a charitable judgment. Well, I like that. That's encouraging, Janice. But what if it becomes clear that they have sinned? Then what do we do? Mm -hmm. So let's um, turn again to Amy's story. Let's say one of her brothers sinned against her in some way. I would just encourage her to write out Matthew 7, 3 through 5 in the left column of her journal. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And then on the right side, of her journal in the right column, what do you imagine she could write as a prayerful response? Any thoughts come to mind? Well, I'm thinking that if that is me, you know, I've got to think about the very fact of what is it that I, I need to ask forgiveness of? Mm-hmm. What have I done in in maybe even offending those parents? If I'm Amy, what have yeah. I done to possibly offend them, not only focus on the offense that they've caused me. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. And I would think she would say, you know, instead of superior, feeling superior, God, please help me see what I have in common with my brother. Man, and that is powerful, too. I, mean, <laughs> I wish I would have thought about journaling this way a long time ago, Janice. It's a great way, really, to renew your mind. And this is what we're told to do in the Bible, too. Mm-hmm. It really does nurture trust. So uh, that's the, a key element in the, the next verse, the last verse we're going to talk about today. Verse 6 says, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. I just love how you know we can see how Jesus counsels and shepherds those who have received evil for good. And look, look how he affirms what we've all experienced that no matter how gentle, wise, and humble we are, some people are just going to react very badly. So let that strengthen your trust. You know, this counsel is intended for our protection. We're not always called to put ourselves in harm's way. We want to be discerning about whom we're dealing with. We want to be wise about where we're investing our time and talents and treasures. So that's why Paul wrote in Romans 12, 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. If possible, recognizes that sometimes it's not possible. 
In those cases, what do we do? He tells us in the next verse, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Leave it, he says. You know, that's a challenge and an opportunity to grow in trust, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I can't help but think about the goodness of God and how he can redeem us, even mm-hmm. in situations like this, in a family where there is strife, right, uh, where there have been offenses. We can go back to God's word and he can carry us through. Mm-hmm. And we do have that redeeming God, don't we? We do. And he's so faithful. And he's so devoted to our growth. Hey, can I take a moment and pray for all of us? Yes, you may. All right. Heavenly Father, we are utterly dependent on you to lead us in paths of peace. Help us take to heart all the good words that we've talked about today until the day you come again in glory. O come, O come, Emmanuel. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, that is outstanding. You know, dealing with difficult people at the holidays is an important thing for us to really turn our eyes to God's Word. Prepare your hearts in advance to, you know they're coming, right? You know mm-hmm. they're coming. They've already <laughs> accepted the invitation. And by the way, you asked them to come. Right. <laughs> so start preparing your heart and get in prayer before the Lord in advance. Hey, Janice, where can people find information about you and your biblical counseling? Ah, my website is JaniceCapucci.com. I would love to come alongside anyone struggling with hard relationships. All right, JaniceCapucci.com, and we'll go ahead and put that over on our resources page at Mornings with Kelly and Steve. Janice Capucci, thank you so much for joining us this morning and sharing this wisdom with us. Yeah, and I'll get back with you about that group rate later, Janice. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So good. Merry Christmas, y'all. Block out your calendar. (laughs) Merry Christmas to you, Janice. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life.